If you've been listening to my show, you know we talk a lot about mold and viruses and germs and jazz like that. Well, I found out about a company called True 47, and they're harnessing the power of silver to enhance people's health and well-being. And you know, I'm a huge fan of colloidal silver, and these guys use this silver in their products. They've got antimicrobial properties that inhibit the growth of viruses, fungi, and germs on contact, and in many cases, skin irritations and conditions, including acne. So you want to go check it out. Go to true47, tru47.com and use the code Julie20. Again, that's true, tru47.com and use the code Julie20 and you'll get a 20% discount. Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm so delighted you could join us this week. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all over the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And we have one of my favorite people on the planet on the show today. Her name's Marlene McNaughton, and she is a new author. Her book is called Lost Soul, How I Became a Lightworker Medium. And she learned how to be an angel communicator and medium, and it's dramatically changed her life, or that really enhanced her life. And so I asked her to come on to talk to us about what her journey has been, you know, how she went from feeling like a lost soul to where she is now. And she's a graduate of my angelic attendant training. So welcome, Marlene. I'm so thrilled to have you. Thank you so much, Julie. I, I In fact, the words thank you are not enough because um, it was really your podcast that I watched back in um, the spring of 2020 uh, when you were interviewing Suzanne Giesman that inspired me to start my, my spiritual journey. And it's just, uh, it's pretty mind blowing to think that now I'm on as a guest. So thank you. Uh, like I say, it's not enough. Oh, isn't it fun how spirit works? It, oh, in in different ways, you know, you may hear a podcast, you may see a sign, you may, I was talking to somebody who's, it was the anniversary of her dad's death recently. And on the day she walked in a store and there was a Christmas tree all decorated with cardinals. And she said that her dad loved cardinals. And I said, that was a sign from your dad. So I, I just think it's so much fun how spirit works. Yeah, I have us. learned you have to be open to the signs. Exactly. Otherwise they can go right past you exactly. if you're not aware of them and pay attention to them. I, and I think we're getting signs all day long, every day. 
And we're just busy and we're preoccupied and we're focused on what we need to be focused on, which makes sense. But, uh, But Spirit's communicating with us every day, all day long. So what led you to become interested in woo-woo and angels? Well, I I did have a few paranormal experiences throughout my life that uh, left me believing that there is uh, more to life than uh, meets the eye. So I, I definitely had paranormal experiences and um, I just knew, and, and I just knew there was something more to it, but I didn't understand it. And I, and because of the downtime during COVID, um, through the, at the quarantine, because that was when that video, that podcast, I found your podcast from the downtime of searching, um, it, it just opened up a whole new window of opportunity to look into this more. Can you share a couple of your paranormal experiences with us? You've got my, my curiosity peaked. Oh, yes. Um, one, at which I share in the book, actually, I'll share the two that I share in the book. Um, my son, he was about, uh, he was five. He was um, in kindergarten at the time. And I was going to be babysitting my sister's, uh, my sister, my niece that afternoon. And I asked my husband to take the car seat out of the crawl space for me that morning. Well, I went upstairs to fold some clothes right above my son. He was sitting on the sofa in the room right below me. I had the door ajar. And um, all of a sudden, I just started folding clothes on the bed. And I heard a voice say, you have to go vacuum. And it was a male voice. And it was a real pretty voice. And I, 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 I'd never heard a voice in my head before. And I was and I actually argued with it. I go, why would I stop what I'm doing to go vacuum? And the voice just calmly said, again, you have to go vacuum. Well, I found myself just automatically leaving the room and going downstairs and going to my hall closet. And as I did, my son was no longer on the sofa and the house was eerily quiet. And as I went to look for him, cause he didn't respond, uh, his head was, um, he was, he was purple and his head was flopped down. He had put himself in the car seat that my husband took out that morning and he was choking. He was actually unconscious at the time. So I went and I, I got scissors and cut the, the straps were tied across his neck. And uh, yeah, it's hard to even talk about that one because yeah, that whole day, just like, like crashing waves. I just start crying every time I thought of it, but it was the next day that all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh boy, it was that voice that told me to go vacuum that allowed me to go save my son. So I knew there's something more. I have total and, uh, body goosebumps on that, which is, which is just, you know, a tactile note from spirit going, yep, that's exactly what happened. Wow. Wow. And, and actually my, my dad, uh, texted me from my cell phone with my son, which, and I think these were all kind of spirit setups because then it, because my son was involved when it came time for me discussing that I had my spiritual experience, he was more open to it too. Uh, But my, uh, what had happened is that we were together with my other son and we had just met his girlfriend that we knew was now who's my daughter-in-law and we were having a great time at this restaurant together and my older son was there but he left and he went home and so when we we just walked home that evening as we walked in the door my son sent a text saying hey mom just let you know i'm home 
and he's been out of the house for like 10 years. So it's it kind of cracks me up, but seeing him, he just called me to, you know, I texted me to say he's home safe. Well, he sent me a little, what happened is that we were talking all about my dad at the dinner and laughing and having a great time sharing about my father, um, just dad experiences with my my son's girlfriend. So when I got this message from my son, there was a little animated ghost moving its arms that he sent to me that said, ghost hug, you can't feel me, but I'm there. And I thought, this is so strange. This is not like my son to do this, but I thanked him for the ghost. And I said, that's really cute. Where'd you get that? And he goes, mom, you sent that to me. He goes, look at your phone. He said, there's, you know, the color of the conversation that's mine and the color that comes from your phone, you sent that ghost hug to me. And I'm like, I've never even seen that before. And I felt my dad's energy. And I was like, oh, we were talking about grandpa. I said, I, grandpa's letting us know he's here. So that, that was a fun one. But so we've had different things though throughout. Um, I grew up in a house that was built in the 1800s, too. So we had some interesting things happen there, too. I want to come back to that. I want to hear about those stories. Did communicating with angels and spirits, what's your journey on that? Did it come easily to you? Tell us about what what steps you went through or or what you experienced to get to, to where you are now. I didn't even believe in angels until I took your class, which was, um, I saw the, the podcast, uh, with Suzanne Giesman in the spring and it inspired me to sign up for your class and your class was going to be in October. And until your class, I didn't even believe in angels. And I thought angels were just, um, the imagination of the artists, the, you know, the beautiful paintings and what they believed an angel would look like if they did exist. But I was corrected on that when I began communicating with Archangel Michael. <laughs> but um, so I, I didn't believe until your class and then learned that they are loving beings in different dimensions. And my mind opened up to that. So your class ended in October and Two weeks after the class ended, my guides told me my vibration was still raised from having been in your class, which is something that I think would be nice if you share with the audience, because I can't explain that, but I, it was just miraculous because that played a, a role in them being able to communicate with me um, too. But um, I said a prayer two weeks after the class ended asking if I could um, become a light worker medium to give people hope and healing and to have Archangel Michael work with me to, to um, help people, to give people hope and healing so that they know that their loved ones continue to exist after they uh, transition. And it was just a prayer. I said, I, you know, didn't know if they're listening or not. And it turned out they answered that prayer. And actually that's what my whole book is, is they allowed that prayer to happen because they taught me all about heaven and what happens and um, that our loved ones continue to exist, that we all continue to exist and that we are all one. Wow. What's your family's reaction when you started communicating with angels and dead people? Did they, I'm sure they had some uh, comments about that. You got a bunch of men in your family. What, what were exactly. their thoughts? Yeah. 
Yeah, I I have three sons, so they've always been kind of used to mom being a little different because mom's a female in the house. Even my dogs were male, but um, <laughs> they they just supported me. They always have, and uh, they might not have understood it, but they were there for me. They always have been. All righty. Does everybody have the ability to communicate with spirit? Absolutely, I believe. I believe that. Uh, I believe we're all mediums by nature because a medium is just someone who can communicate with spirit. And it's just a matter of us opening up because we are all connected to source energy, to our spirit guides. And it's just a matter of us recognizing that and honoring that and being open to it. What What was the part about being a medium in order to help people know that there's basically life after death and that their loved ones are still around them. What was there a catalyst that led you to want to really focus on that particular subject or niche? I, because I believed it. I, I thoroughly felt that uh, life continues to exist and um, in the form of energy, but I couldn't explain it. And I just felt that it would, I've always wanted to help people. And I thought what a gift that would be to be able to help people to know that life does continue to exist when we transition. Um, I just didn't know where we went or what it was all about. And they taught me all the details. Um, well, it's, what I share is my interpretation of what was shared with me. Right. All right. So give us some of the highlights of what has been shared with you about what happens oh. when we transition and then also when we get into heaven. Okay. Well, um, one of the first things is, is that we create our own heaven is what I was taught. And we create our own heaven with the energy we create throughout our lifetime. Um, Every single thought we have, every single question we've ever pondered in our mind, uh, every conversation we've had with somebody, it's all on record there. I, I don't really understand it. They told me it's like there's a movie of our life, but they know everything. I mean, every contemplated um, thought, like I say, and everything produces energy. It turns out that our lives are all about energy and either we're making we're making loving choices or we're making what they call poor choices they taught me there's no sin that there's just poor choices that create lower energy so when we transition whatever energy we created through our lifetime that that has to do with where we go when we transition because there's a universal law of like attracts like so if we've created all this loving energy, we will be surrounded by similar, we become spirits then. Our personality becomes a spirit that exists eternally in our soul. And we will exist among other spirits that have um, the same type of energy. So if someone has created a lot of negative energy, they're going, their spirit will be surrounded by similar spirits of the same energy. Um, but what it is, is we have a chance to grow. Our soul has a chance to grow and to bring all our spirits and our soul up to the same level to go home to source. And that's what we're here for. We're here on earth for soul growth, to 
So to help all the spirits of our soul go home to source and to be loving energy. There are some people that believe we live multiple lifetimes concurrently. And that makes my head want to explode because I don't understand it from a personal. They tell me about that. Yeah, they from a it, human perspective. So, so have you talked to yeah. your spirit guides about that? Yes, they called it simultaneous experiences because they never used the word past life for our what we would call a past life. They said a past life is from a human being's perspective. Mm -hmm. They called them previous experiences in the soul. So, and they said there's also simultaneous experiences. I wasn't aware of that until much later in the book, but they told me that I should be praying for my simultaneous experiences as well as for myself, but because they are me as well and they're existing concurrently right now. Where I don't know. I didn't get into if it, I, I don't, you know, we, we didn't discuss if it was in other, you know, other planets or such, but they said there are current, concurrent, um, so simultaneous experience ex existing at the same time. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people. Like I said, I don't understand it. So I go to, is it feasible? Yeah. Well, we find out when we're in heaven. Yeah, I think we yeah. will. So that's interesting. I know uh, initially, Marlene, you use some ancient techniques to connect with spirit. So tell us about that. Tell us about your journey. So you took the class, okay. you took my class, you said yes. a prayer that Archangel Michael help you help people that are grieving or help people to know that there's life after death and their loved ones are still around them. Tell us about that journey and what were the steps that you took to get to where you are now? Okay. Um, yes, because I did communicate with my guides in an unusual, well, it's not really unusual, but um, I used a pendulum, which is a communication tool. And I have to say, I, I don't advocate it. Um, I understand other people can use it, but I learned about it. And um, although I always felt safe with it, because I was always communicating with high level loving spirits, because I always set an intention to do so. But if someone uses it, it is a communication tool. And I was taught that lower energies could be attracted to it if a person doesn't know what they're doing. So in good conscience, I, I cannot uh, advocate it to others unless they are guided by someone and know what they're doing when they use one. So I wanted to say that. What is a pendulum pen for those that don't a know? Okay. The, a pendulum is um, what I how I communicated was that a pendulum is uh, like a crystal on a string, basically, and it moves. Initially, I didn't own one, and I used a necklace because I wasn't intending on communicating with them through a pendulum. It just it happened because I watched uh, a YouTube video of a gentleman who was communicating with spirits, and he had what was called an alphabet chart. And it was like a half moon and it was like an alphabet of A to Z of letters. And then you use a pendulum and it would choose letters. Well, he put it up on the screen. I thought I took a, a screenshot of it and I printed it out. And then I was like, what am I going to do with this thing? I mean, I don't have a pendulum. I don't know the first thing, but I, I kept this chart and I filed it away with some books. And then one day I just felt like I, I thought I'd try using it with a necklace. And, um, 
a, de- a deceased friend of mine who passed away from cancer came through. And I'd, I didn't trust it initially because as a child, I had played with the Ouija board and I didn't know if it was, you know, actually my loved one and um, information was given to me that was undeniable that it was my loved one. And that's how it started. And so I actually began communicating with my deceased friend and she introduced me to my spirit guide. When she told me she was going to be introducing me to my spirit guide, I was like, what am I getting myself into? I mean, it just, and, um, and then after that, I was being introduced to uh, higher level spirits and Archangel Michael. And uh, I actually was uh, introduced to previous experiences in my soul, a few of them. So um, it was, it was, it just was mind blowing to be communicating with them and hearing when they lived like 400 50 BC, things like that. But I did put the pendulum away and I wanted to just um, mention that to people because I just felt guided that it was the time was right. And then I was told that nobody needs a pendulum. No one needs a communication tool. And when I used the pendulum, it was more like when the messages came through, it almost felt like channeling because it was like the messages were dictated and this was something I did because I worked in the um, as a legal assistant for 15 years. So I took dictation and it, it was something I was familiar with. So it almost felt like that was kind of being used where the information was being given to me and I would record the sessions and I'd go back and I'd transcribe it just like if someone had dictated it to me. And so right now I communicate just through my intuition since I put it away. I connect to, you know, to, to my inner self. It's, it's not the same as it was when I was basically being dictated messages. Well, but that's how you learned. And that's how you got to the point where you learned to trust what the messages were that you were getting. <laughs> the interesting thing about the Ouija board is the Ouija board was the biggest selling, the best selling game by Milton Bradley in the history of games. Like by far. Wow. And it is patented. So I have patents. I know how hard it is to get patents on inventions. And I would love to be, a, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall with the patent examiner who was investigating the Ouija board and said, okay, this really works. So I'm going to give it a patent. I mean, that that is no small feat. Right. How did they get that patent? Yeah. Like wouldn't, you say, love, right, right. wouldn't you love to right. know that information, number one? And number two, back when you were using the pendulum and and the pendulum would spell out things, right? Didn't you bring out that chart of letters again? And then the pendulum would go from letter to letter and it would spell out words. How did you do that? What What was the the yes. system. Um, I just felt like I, I had filed away that alphabet chart and then I was re- really getting ready to go grocery shopping. I don't know what it was. And I just felt like I'm going to just uh, get that alphabet chart out. You know, who knows what, you know, motivates you to do these things. And like I said, I had no pendulum because this was not something I ever was even interested in or even thought of. And I, I, I got an old necklace and just started 
using it and it just started spelling out words. And But I did make sure that when I used it, I set my intention. I had um, set a prayer and then I um, set my intention to only communicate with the highest source of love and light. So um, that, and I believe that's very important. And we talked about in the class that when you set an intention, what happens is you focus in on a channel like a radio station channel or a satellite TV channel. It's like, I want to watch the, you're in Chicago, I want to watch the Chicago Bears and whoever. So you're going to turn to the channel where that football game is being broadcast, on which that football game is being broadcast. And that's the same thing when we ask questions with spirit. But I remember early on talking with you about the pendulum and saying, Marlene, it's just, it's just like a, a security blanket at this moment in time. You're like Linus with his blanket and, and eventually you're not going to need it. And that's exactly what happened. Yes. But the messages aren't the same though. I want people to realize it was almost like I was getting downloads of information channeled to me through the pendulum as a communication tool. And now, um, now I know communicating with my guides, you're, I'm communicating through my heart. And it's, so I'm not getting dictation. I, I, I feel what is right. I feel the answers. So it's, it's not the same type of thing is what I wanted to share though. So, so tell us more about that. What do you, what do you mean that you feel it through your heart? Well, right now what it is, is I, Basically, when I meditate, I can still feel their energy and it's more that it's uh, the communication is it's really love coming through and you just feel the love coming through. And uh, so what I'm saying is it's not like I'm saying, you know, should I not that I would have asked them this, but should I buy a blue car? And then they'll answer. I mean, I could ask that and then just get the feeling of what, what, what direction does it feel it's going into. And throughout my experience, because I didn't realize they were telling me how they've been communicating with me throughout my life. And, they're, and they, they actually said to me, quit us underestimating yourself. So, um, and then you start realizing there are, you, you just have to pay attention. You'll get this random thought. Well, where did that random thought come from? You know, that it's our guides, this, what I feel now that are giving us these messages. You just have to become aware of it, I think. So I'm just really starting from ground zero, feels like, Julie, since your class, because I've been so busy with doing the pendulum the whole time for two years and then with doing the book. I haven't had the time to dedicate to it, but I've always, but I've still meditated. Meditation to me is very important. I start my day with it. Well, and everything unfolds perfectly. So for the two years of you using that, and it, pendulums are ancient. I mean, they've been using those since the beginning of time. And it's fun to watch for those of you that don't know what we're talking about. If you ask a question and then you hold the pendulum down, it'll move in a certain direction. It may move in a circle, right? Clockwise or counterclockwise or may go side to side or something like that. And it gives answers to questions. And the more applicable the answers, that's all going to be predicated on how we ask the question. But you and I know that because we talk to spirit telepathically. And mm -hmm. you can say, well, am I going to enjoy the movie? Hey, mom. 
say you're at your mom's disease. Hey, mom, are we going to enjoy the movie? And you hear a yes in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I teach. First thing, boom, first thing that pops into your head as fast as you can snap your fingers. And then let's say right. you're watching some movie tonight. And it's awful. And you're saying, mom, what's up with that? Well, the way we ask the question could pertain to any movie you're going to watch throughout the rest of your life. Whereas if we say, hey, mom, are we going to enjoy watching Frozen 2 on Disney Plus tonight? That's specific. And that's how that information that comes in from spirit can be. uh, Right. We have to get used to how we ask the question. Exactly. Be accountable, be mindful for our words. They taught me that we have to our words create energy. Mm -hmm. So we have to really choose our words too, because they create energy. As do our thoughts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is wild. When you think about that, did did your, your guides tell you that there was a time limit? I know Esther Hicks says you got 17 seconds when you think a thought to think something else before the energy materializes from that thought. Have you heard anything about that? No, but it was really, I asked the questions. I didn't even realize that. They pointed that out to me at the end of my book, actually. The one day they said, we need to tell you that uh, we never taught you anything. And they said, you learned by asking questions. Yeah. So Yeah, but isn't that, uh, isn't that how we learn so I anything? I think of that. Yeah, yeah. What? But isn't that how we learn anything? Right. You know, right. I mean, we ask questions. But I think what it was, Julie, is it would have interfered with my free, uh, my free will. They're all about free will. So if you teach someone some, something, you're interfering with their free will, opposed to if someone chooses to learn, then, then that's not interfering with their free will. Like my book, how my book came about was one day my spirit guide said to me, Marlene, there will be a book. And I was like, um, are you saying I'm going to do a book? Because I was like, I think you got the wrong girl, <laughs> you know? And he's like, he goes, yes, you're going to do a book. And I am like, and I, I, I was like, I really thought that they, you know, like I said, I, I didn't have the skill set to do a book, I would, but, but, um, and then I thought about it that night and I came back and I said, so is it going to be, you know, given to me? Is it going to be? channeled to me or dictated to me, they said, no, you're going to write about your experience. And I'm like, okay. So, but my point is they didn't say, Marlene, you will do a book. It's like, there's going to be a book. And then I said, am I going to, that's how they work. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't tell me to do something. No, they're leading you. They're giving you ideas. And then you choose what you want to do with that has been my experience. How does the information come to you? You said now you feel it in your heart. Do different spirits feel feel differently? Like you, you have a feeling and you think, oh, that's my grandma, Susie. And you got another feeling and you think, okay, that's Archangel Michael. And is there a difference in what you feel between an angel, for instance, and a deceased loved one? Do they vibrate at a different frequency or a different level? Well, when I used the pendulum, they all felt distinctive. Most of us have busy lives and we know that we're not getting the nutrients and the vitamins and the minerals that we need. So I'm always looking for easy ways to ingest them. I found one, it's called Beam Minerals. And what I find is that most of us don't get enough 
potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Those are the big three. And so what B Minerals does is it's put all these minerals in a liquid form that's easy to drink because it tastes like water. It's got all these important minerals and a whole bunch of other ones. And I find that they're really helpful. They save me time. They're easy to take. And I suggest that you give them a try. Go to Beam Minerals, B as in boy, E-A-M, minerals, plural, dot com, and use the code Julie Ryan, altogether, no space, at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your order. That's Beam Minerals, B-E-A-M, minerals.com, and use Julie Ryan at checkout and you'll get a 20% discount. Give it a try and let me know what you think. Well, when I used the pendulum, they all felt distinctive. Just like every, you know, if we're having dinner with eight people, each person had a dis- has a distinctive energy. They all felt like I'd hear voices, I'd hear, the, you know, um, I don't know if it was me assigning it to them or what, but they were all very distinctive. They had all very interesting personalities. Now, though, um, when I'm just meditating and I communicate, it feels more as a whole, like it's just loving energy coming through. I don't feel distinctive. Um, I haven't, I really haven't um, spoken to individual uh, spirits now i haven't even you know because now i I communicate with source energy and it's a collective of loving loving spirits so it just feels like love now at times i'll feel archangel michael though he has uh he 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 would actually i'd feel like a sensation on my back and uh it it would be him kind of letting me know he was there and uh, at times i'll still feel that which is really awesome when that happens so does he feel cocky? You know, he's supposed to be the head angel. Oh, he's funny. Is he? He's very funny. Can, can very you give funny. us some examples? Um, well, like one time, I, I'm not going to get into the details, but I had done something which wasn't of the best choice, let's just say. And my guide said, my guide, the Norseman, said something to Archangel Michael about it. And my guide said, Archangel Michael responded, well, you know, Rome wasn't built in one day. <laughs> so he just has this, you know, so I, he just has this sense of humor. He, um, it's just the energy. It's just amazing, his energy. But he, he wears so many hats and I do share that, you know, because he's, like you said, the, um, he could be a warrior, which I didn't know. When I first uh, started communicating with him, I wasn't aware of that. Actually, when I prayed to ask for Archangel Michael to help me, I wasn't aware he was a warrior. And I envisioned him in a white gown in my in my prayer. Well, that afternoon, I did a sound healing with another alumni of your class, Lisa Snyder. And I remember because it, it was Lisa's second online sound healing because it was COVID. So this was all new. She had done one previously before this was her second online group sound healing. And I remember Lisa goes, oh, this is new. Archangel Michael's appearing. Oh, and he's not wearing the warrior clothing. So many of you see him in. He's wearing a white robe. Well, I that morning had to send my prayer and ask for Archangel Michael to help me. And I envisioned him in a white robe because 
that I didn't know. I just thought angels wore white robes and I didn't put two and two together. I didn't in any way think it had anything to do with me. But then I found out later that um, that what had happened is being in Lisa's sound healing. Well, what had happened is first, I, my vibration, they told me, was still at a very raised state from having taken your class when I said the prayer and then being that same day doing Lisa sound healing, she has a gift, they said, for helping people open their gifts. And she raised me, uh, my vibration even higher that they said it allowed me to begin my experience. So that's actually how my experience began. Yeah. Well, and how many times have you heard me say that, that uh, spirits don't communicate on the I feel crappy channels? <laughs> It's just, it's too low of a vibration. We need to, yes. well, and find joy in things because when we feel good, that's a high vibration. Feeling bad is a low vibration. It's always based in fear. And so tell us about the, the drumming healing and what do you think it is about sound that helps us raise our vibration, whether it be a drumming circle or it's some kind of music. I mean, I can be in a good mood listening to disco. So what is it, what is it about sound? Well, with, with Lisa, her, what she does is sound healing through her vocal cords. So she connects to, they explained it to me and I gave the details in my book. They explained that she connects to source energy and then source energy um, comes through in her vocal cords. So, but it, so it's not of a drumming, it's more she, you know, it's, it's coming through her and it's source, source energy. So you're, if you're in her presence, then just like, being around you where you raise the vibration. She, she also with um, whoever is around her experiences source energy. And when she's, when she's doing that, when she's doing it, right, when she's channeling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what do you think it is about like drum circles and music and stuff like that, that can raise our vibrational rate? What do you think's going on there? I haven't actually looked into that much because I, I've been so focused on just whatever I learned, but I think it's amazing and it is something that I would like to learn about. And I do think there's something there. Um, I think it might even be the, is it, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, the melodic tone of it, the mm -hmm. drumming that kind of um, puts the mind at peace, mm -hmm. that you can be open to focusing more, uh, you know, instead of, um, I think it allows the mind to rest and be open to communicating with spirit possibly, but that's just my guess on that. I know that some of the most ancient music, like the Gregorian chants and the, the Om and the things like that, the music that's just been around for forever, that, what is it, the Sofeggio frequencies? I'm interested in how music and sound raises our vibrational level. And when we had Dr. Eben Alexander on the show during his near-death experience, he was talking about, he felt like he was going to different levels in heaven and it was all predicated on how the sound was. Like he heard different music and it was all about the music that would take him to a higher level and a higher level and a higher level to the point where he's studying it now and doing research on it. So that's fascinating because they did tell me heaven is sound energy. Mm -hmm. And I think I shared with you because 
when I watched your recent podcast um, where you had spoke about, I forgot who it was, was talking about that you see the plasma energy. And so I was curious. I thought, hmm, because I was told heaven's sound energy. So I wanted to see if there was any correlation between plasma energy and sound energy. And sure enough, I, when I looked it up, it must be someone's last name, but it's called, I believe it was like Langwer, L-A-N-G-W-U-I-R waves mm-hmm. and their plasma energy and they're associated with sound. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So there's some correlation between plasma energy and sound. So um, I would like to learn more about that. You know, Tom Palladino is who you're talking about. He's a scalar energy scientist. Mm -hmm. And he's the first one that validated, you know, you've heard me say, as long as I've been Mm -hmm. doing this, that the pearly gates look to me like this big yellowish whitish plasma wall. And I've never heard anybody else say that, but that's how it's always appeared to me. And certainly spirit communicates to us, and you know this, in a way that that we can make sense of it based on our life experiences and our human perspective. And I was so excited when Tom said, well, yeah, because all spirit energy is plasma. And he explained how there's electromagnetic energy, and then there's plasma energy, which is everything else. And I... I laugh, I say, I say, I I always thought St. Peter would be sitting at the pearly gates and he'd have a clipboard going, okay, you're allowed in. No, you got to go burn for eternity. (laughs) No, just as a joke. But I find that fascinating that you had a vision of the pearly gates because that makes sense seeing plasma and you Mm -hmm. could imagine someone, you know, who was ancient coming up with that, thinking it of pearlized because you could see plasma being... Uh See, you know what I'm Good saying? Point. So, for, so someone who, you know, that it didn't just come out of the sky, somebody must have had that same vision as you is what I'm wondering. Interesting. You know? I never thought yeah. of it that way. But, but as I perceive it, and I've gone through the plasma wall to heaven thousands of times with people doing the, the, um, Walk, to, walk heaven. to heaven, which is a dress mm. rehearsal basically for what's going to happen when we transition, when we die. And and people are, so many people are so afraid to die, as you know. And so yes. oftentimes will you and I and people who've done the classes, d- done my class, we do this pers- this technique called the walk to heaven with them. And it's like a dress rehearsal to what's going to happen when they transition. But anyways, when we walk through the wall, there's no trace. It, it's like a hole doesn't all. It's like walking through plasma. And then on the other, when we're coming back out from heaven, same thing. There's no trace of anything. It so just seals up. Yeah. There's so many people I've heard have really um, had peace from that. The people, you know, from the community, from the angelic attendant training, you know, um, community have spoke about people that they've done that with. I think the, uh, Joanna does that a lot yeah. from the, the alumni. She's amazing and yeah. it gives people a real peace. Yeah, It does. I, I've done it many times with people too. And usually when they're afraid to, to go ahead and go on to heaven to transition, it usually will help them relax because once we get on the other side of the plasma wall that is heaven, it, their deceased loved ones are all there waiting for them. Mm-hmm. And they're also in the room with them as they're dying. And you know that. And 
So it it makes it not scary anymore because when they know what to expect. So I felt that with my father, um, he was passing and we were fortunate to have him at home. And uh, I was by his bedside and people were kind of busy uh, within the house, but I was with them and he, he seemed to be unconscious. But all of a sudden I saw the look on his face that he looked at the end of the bed and I, in the look on his face, I knew his whole family was there. I just could sense it. That, and he was shocked, you know, it was, and it was about an hour later he passed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. so I know what you're saying that, you know. Yeah, I just got a whole body jolt of goosebumps when you just said that when your dad looked and you knew that it was his family. Yeah, I could, knowing my dad, because he didn't say anything, but I could see his eyes and look on his face. I just was, and I looked, I couldn't see it, you know, but I knew he he was like, what? Wait a minute, you're you're all here? Because he came from a family of 10. So, and most of them had passed. So I I knew they were all cheering him on. But you're a kinesthetic learner. So the information comes to you in a feeling way first, and then Mm -hmm. you pick up your other senses. And I find that, and you know this from being in the class and all the graduate groups that we do, that some people, especially at the beginning, if they're say a kinesthetic learner or an auditory learner, they'll say, yeah, but I'm not seeing anything. I'll say spirit's going to use the easiest way to communicate with you. And if you're Mm -hmm. a kinesthetic learner, you're going to feel it. I'm a visual learner, so I see things first, but I get those goosebumps, which is kinesthetic, or I'll hear things or, and you do too, where you get what we call divine downloads, where you just have information downloaded into your head from spirit. And, and those are all. Yes. It's a sense of knowing it's, you just yeah. have this. Yeah. That's called direct knowing. knowing. I, I don't, I don't get wound up with the Claire's. I don't know. I don't know what Claire is <laughs> what, but and I don't think it matters. I think it's spirits. And you know, the way that I teach is you do it and we teach, we figure out what's the way that's going to work best for you. It doesn't need mm-hmm. to be a certain technique. It's about the transfer of energy. And you've alluded to that several times. Do you think ghosts are real? Have your guides talked to you about ghosts? Have you asked them questions about ghosts? We did kind of touch bases on that because I had, um, I, I had a rogue, rogue spirit incident that, uh, but, and I never heard that term before rogue spirit. What is a rogue rogue spirit? That's what I I didn't know. There, um, rogue spirits are just basically spirits that are off kind of on their own, doing their own thing. And I thought that they were all bad. And then my guides wanted me to learn that that's not necessarily true. And they said rogue spirits can help people because, like, like my incidents of, uh, if you see if you have a paranormal event occur and a rogue spirit does it, or you see just, you know, an image, it can help someone to trigger and open their mind to be aware that there is a non-physical world. So it can just help you start thinking about it. And I was under the impression all rogue spirits were bad. And they're like, no, because a lot of them can help us because they help people to open their mind, to realize that we're here. And then they start a spiritual journey and then they begin to learn, you know, that about about the loving spirit world. So is a rogue spirit a ghost? Yes, yes. Can, and when I didn't know that either. <laughs> well, are all ghosts rogue spirits? 
That's a good question. I, I didn't know because when my guides actually taught me that word and I, when I first heard it, I was like, I didn't know what it, what it meant. But because um, uh, actually, I, I don't want to scare people, but I had learned I had two rogue spirits attached to me after playing with a uh, spirit board. I don't want to say the name, but um, as a child. And so this was, um, and when I was told that, I was surprised because I didn't even know what that word meant at the time. But the interesting part about this was I was told that in January when my experience had first started. In August, I uh, had a session done with one of your alumni, um, a really lovely young, uh, uh, well, I'll call him young man, but um, I had a session with him. And at the end of my session, he said to me, Marlene, I have to tell you something. You have um, a nasty old woman spirit attached to you. And I was like, I didn't know what to do with this. And he was so kind. He didn't make me feel scared about it. But I thought, this is nuts to hear this. And, but he said it. And I, I, you know, he's a trustworthy person. And I had a really great experience reading with him, but he shared this with me. Well, that was in August. In September, I I went online in Illinois in a group of women who were doing spiritual readings amongst themselves in this group. They're from the Gathering Lighthouse community. And they let me come on and I was just watching them. Well, one woman on there said, Marlene, would you mind if I did a reading for you? And I said, oh no, that'd be great. I'm thinking I'm just a spectator. She goes, you have a nasty old woman spirit attached to you. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm on this in a Zoom class. So I probably have the craziest look on my face. And this young woman's going, I know what I'm talking about. I've been seeing spirits since I was two. And and my look is, wait a minute. I just heard this last month from a man in New York. And now you're telling me this. So my point is, um, it came out then later when my experience started, that my guides wanted me to know that when I played with a spirit board, when I was 12, that these spirits became attached to me. They had been with me decades of my life. What does that mean, they're attached to you? Um, well, like the man who is alumni of your class told me that this woman, she doesn't, she, she um, recoils at anything nice you say or do. I guess they, um, they live off our, our energy or something. I haven't delved into this, Julie, so I don't know anything more than what I was told, but this is how it unfolded for me. And uh, and honestly, when I was told from the man in August that I had, I, what am I going to do with this information? I, I didn't, you know, and then I hear it again. And I, again, what do you do? I was like, I don't feel that I have these spirits attached to me, but it just goes to show that, um, you really have to respect the spirit world and you really, as a young person, should not be playing with anything that can welcome them in when you don't know what you're do doing, you know, and I was 12, so. Well, I see baby and, spirits uh, attached to energy fields all the time of the mom mm. before they incarnate all the time, but I never see any spirits attached to anybody, ever. I've never, um, I, I've never seen that. And, you know, I believe all spirits are pure love. Right. And, and you would say, yeah. Yeah. I, it just was, I, I don't know, because you know how things just unfold the way they're supposed to be. If they, 
I mean, I know I did play with that board when I was 12, thought it was a game. And I know that there was energy coming through it. In fact, we put it away because it became kind of creepy mm. <laughs> because you knew there was a consciousness there. But it just was interesting to have this person, like I said, who was a student of yours that, uh, you know, I'm not going to share his name, lovely man. And um, to say that. And then again, from this other woman who now I know her mother quite well to this other woman uh, that told me this, that, you know, and then to be told from the loving spirit mm -hmm. world, my, my dear friend that passed, um, it was the first time she said, now I have to talk to you about something serious. Because before that, I, I don't think I had laughed that hard in a week's time communicating with my deceased friend. She was just so funny. Uh, there's there's humor in heaven. But then she said, I need to talk to you about something serious. And then she told me about about the situation. And I was like, I, I couldn't even put it together. I mean, I called my one close friend the next day and she's like, you're killing me. You know, it's like, oh, and, and my spirit friend told me I should sage. And I'm like, I don't know the first thing about saging. So it was just, I had to learn about that. And then I learned about how that has to be respected, that saging is um, an ancient mm -hmm. religious practice and it needs to be respected and we need to be conscientious on where we buy our sage as well. So, and I share that in my book, but this was all new to me that mm -hmm. I was learning. I, I get that, that that cranky old woman spirit was in one of your past lives, is, a, is somebody that's been with you a long time. It could be. Yeah, I, that's like, what I, I never get. asked about that. Mm -hmm. And then there was a man too. So there was, mm -hmm. they, yeah, and maybe that could be it. Well, and you know how people will say, well, uh, tell me what, are, do you see any spirits around me and what do they have to tell me? And I'll say, there are, there are minions of spirits around you. Who do you want to talk to? And we'll just get them on the line. I'm a businesswoman. Yeah. Let's cut to the chase. Who do you want to talk to? <laughs> Boom. We bring them right in because, right. you know, our heads are big satellite dishes and they right. receive and transmit frequencies. Oh, we are connected to so many spirits. Yeah. Oh, we have a whole team that is with us all, all the, time. the time and and our past lives that the spirits are with us as well. I mean, yeah. we and, and then they even spoke about the ancestors. They told me we should pray for our ancestors. I never got into that that much, but um I know that um, Nettie from Hawaii, her culture is really into to that. And uh, I'd like to learn more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we see minions of spirits show up when somebody's dying. And I'll, it, in my mind's eye, you know, telepathically, I'm seeing it. And you know, you know this from hanging around me. And they show up in period dress. Like there, mm -hmm. there'll be people there from, biblical times and then the renaissance and i've seen people dress kind of like the 1960s and go 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 boots and mini skirts and is that what they really wear in heaven no that's how they're appearing to us so that we can tell that they come from a lot of different time periods and i believe that exactly. they are they are ancestors and and soulmates that have been in our lives in all of our lives and it's just or, or in our soul that there, there's so many past yeah. lives that we have in our soul right i agree i agree so you keep talking about my guides talk to us mm -hmm. about that do you have like a posse of guides do they have names do you 
Tell us about that. You've referred to okay, my guides several yes. times. What does that mean? Well, how my experience unfolded was first I communicated to my dear friend who passed a cancer. And then, like I said, the one day she surprised and said, okay, now you, I want, want to introduce you to your spirit guide. And I was like, I, I felt apprehensive, especially after learning that I had just gotten rid of these other rogue spirits that I was like, I didn't know where this was going, but I trusted my friend. And, and then she added, he, he's a really nice guy. You're going to like him. And I'm like, okay. So that's all it took. But then, um, so I um, began communicating with my first spirit guide, and that was my spirit guide, James. And then it um, transitioned my, well, I should say it evolved my my experience where I then began communicating with Archangel Michael, and he became one of my mentors. And then Archangel Michael uh, introduced me to Ascended Masters that I was introduced to, and they all had names. And, and then I was actually allowed to communicate with some of my past lives, and they, they would give me names. I can't say that, like, in fact, one of them, his name was like Satir, S-A-R-T. T-I-I or something. And I said, am I pronouncing that correctly? And he goes, no. And I go, okay. I said, is it okay if I call you by this? Because, you know, it, I think they just gave me something mm. to keep them to, so I could identify with each one because there were so many spirits that I was communicating with. But they would tell me a little bit about their past life too, which was really fascinating. Like one, one his name was Vaughn and he told me he used to work um, – with uh, stone on carts. And I, I think he was from like 450 BC. Uh, there were just different, um, they from all over. One woman, her name was Swa, but she spelt it S-I-W. And I, I didn't know how to pronounce it. So I asked my girlfriend that was deceased. I said, how do you pronounce it? And she goes, it sounds like raw. So I'm like, oh, okay, Swa. And uh, she was a Tibetan woman who lived uh, in ancient times. I think that she was like 900. Um, I can't, I think it might've been BC, but I asked her if her life was, you know, very difficult and challenging. She said, yes, it was, you know, and it was just interesting. Um, they would just share a little, I, we didn't go into it a lot. Again, I'm using a pendulum, but it was amazing that they would actually give me all names type mm -hmm. of things. So that was and I just call them the guides because there's so many, so many of them. And, and I do that too with clients is they want to know who their spirit guides are and then we'll get a name and then we'll ask them, where did they live? What did they do? How does, what, what are you guiding? What are you providing guidance, you know, on what to Marlene? Are you, were you a writing professor and you're helping her write her book? Are you, were you, uh, what were you? And and, right. and what were you in the lifetime that you're showing us that correlates with what's going on in the person's life now, like in your life or in a client's life now? I, right. I think that stuff's fascinating. It is. And actually, my master guy was the, it is the Norseman. So but what, what does that I, mean? My, well, I wasn't. It was almost like I had to learn lessons before I was able to talk, to communicate with the Norseman, who is, I believe the Norseman is one of the highest aspects of my soul. What's a Norseman? Um, oh, like a Viking. Okay. He, he, lived, he lived a Viking life. Okay. And is what he had said. But um, 
he was a very protective energy and uh he was the one who taught me a lot. Like he's the one who taught me about having the sound energy. And uh, he taught me a lot of, a lot of, um, he was more like of a mentor. Once I got to that level, it was, um, it was when I first initially, um, first Archangel Michael was more of a mentor. And then the Norseman became more of my mentor and shared with me uh, a lot of information. Well, it's kind of like you got a third grade teacher and then you got a sixth grade teacher and then you got a high school English mm-hmm. teacher and, and they teach you different things, yes. you know, as you progress and, and you have different interests and you're able to access higher and higher levels of vibration. How does it work when they introduce you to another spirit guide? Like when you're, what's your friend's name that's deceased? My friend, Sarah. Sarah. Does Sarah yeah. say, hey, Marlene, I want you to meet Archangel Michael. Is that how it works or how do, how does it all transpire? Well, initially they were just, she said she wanted to introduce me to my spirit guide, James. And that was my first, the first spirit guide I was introduced to. But what was interesting is that they would talk about Michael <clears throat> and they would go, oh, Michael said this. Or, and, I, and I was like, Michael. And I go, who's Michael? Archangel Michael. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, they just would refer to him as Michael, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, so it was interesting how they would talk about him. And um, and then I did get the opportunity to meet him. But what it was is prayer wasn't huge in my life um, until I met Archangel Michael. I would pray if there was emergency, you yeah. know, I mean, if there was a tragic situation, if someone was sick, I mean, I would pray. I believed in God, but I was not a, re- a religious person. I have a very minimal religion. I had just a little bit of Sunday school as a child. And so I didn't pray every day, I, but I felt I was grateful. Well, Archangel Michael taught me a big lesson about prayer is so needed and so important, and we need to pray every day. And it's just communication. It's not a religious word. It is communication and that we need to um, pray every day. So there's a chapter about that. That was um, an interesting lesson. Pray to a certain spirit, to God, to to the big big dog. Yeah. To the big, yeah. To source energy. Yes. That, um, that's, that is priority for our, for us is um, to have a relationship with source. And we are here, it, I was told, solely for soul growth. Everything we do is all about soul growth. So when many of us were taught to pray to a saint or an angel or the Virgin Mary or Jesus or whomever, what do you think's going on there? Are they just an image of God in a way that we can understand it from our human perspective? What have you thought about that? What do you well, think is yes, going like, on there? Like Mother Mary, I believe Mother Mary was Jesus's mother, and and she is a spirit, and she's a high level loving spirit of Source Energy. Be, I was taught Source is a collective, so all the loving spirits return home to Source Energy. We're all a part of Source, so we all once you achieve so Mother Mary, of course Jesus, they're all the high level loving spirits. Um, they all return to source energy, but I was, I was taught that like for mother Mary, we are to, um, to ask God to allow mother Mary to work with us. And then we work with mother Mary. So it's, the thing is you're not praying 
to Mother Mary like you would God. She because she also, you know, loves God and puts God first. You know, but we can work with Mother Mary. And actually, I I think I told you about how I Mother Mary was appeared in one of my mediumship classes. Uh, tell us, because, tell us that story. Yeah, that that was really interesting. What had happened is I was in a mediumship class with a lot of alumni from your class. There's about 18 of us. And we were in Susie Meyer's class. And Susie, out of the kindness of her heart during the COVID quarantine, was holding these classes for free. And Susie's been featured on a Amazon Prime documentary. So she's a really gifted, lovely lady. But anyway, so it was like about 15 minutes before class. And I... I thought I'd do a quick pendulum session. Well, my guides started talking. They said to me, um, put a rosary in your study. And I'm like, well, you guys know that I'm not a religious person, right? <laughs> they know everything. But I found it, you know, strange. They're telling me to put a rosary in my studies. And so then they said, the rosary is not a religious prayer. The rosary is a loving prayer. And then I said, well, why does Mother Mary want us to pray to her? And they said, because whenever you pray the rosary, you're sending Mother Mary loving energy. And they said, and then when people pray to source, you know, to God and ask him if Mother Mary can work with them, Mother Mary uses that loving energy to help people whenever they pray to her. <laughs> so I, when I heard this, I, I, I looked at it as a answer to a prayer because I had been asking, how can I help the world? Well, now I felt like I was being told the rosary is the answer. You pray to Mother Mary and she can utilize that loving energy to help people. So I wasn't going to tell anyone because I'm not religious and I have probably 20 friends that are all religious, all Catholics. And so I'm not going to share with them. I'm praying the rosary. So I, I thought, well, I'll just keep it, you know, quiet to myself. But I real quickly went online and I bought a handmade rosary. So then I go into Susie's class and I'm not going to say anything. And then one woman in the class said, Susie, can I ask, her name's Ann Fernandez, a lovely lady um, who's been seeing spirit for like 40 years. She says, can I ask Marlene something before we get started with class? And, she, you know, Susie goes, go right ahead, Ann. And uh, Ann asked me, she goes, Marlene, Mother Mary's standing behind you. You're glowing in golden white light. She goes, do you have any idea why? I look around, I can't see anything. And I actually was during COVID and I was actually doing this uh, class at the time at the, in my bedroom and I didn't have my bed even made. And I'm like thinking, oh my goodness, Mother Mary's in my room and I don't even have my bed made. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was like, and, uh, but it, it just was like, it was just amazing that she, you know, picked up and that it was just such a gift. And um, they did, it, uh, so it was just the fact that I was given that opportunity. Oh, and actually what happened then coincidentally, which there is no coincidences, is that then Susie says, oh, Mar Marlene, because I, I went and told everyone then about it, that I was taught that the, the rosary is a loving prayer, that it's not a religious prayer. It's a loving prayer. And whenever we pray it, we send loving energy, you know, to Mother Mary and she can help you know, the, the help the world. So I shared that. And then Susie holds up a book that she has right in front of her that says, Oh, Marlene, I'm reading this book called the, the, is it what, the way, the of, way the of the rose? Yeah. Rose. And she says, 
it's all about Mother Mary, but it's not a religious book. It's yeah. all just about Mother Mary. And so I read that book then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wayoftherose.org is uh, a website by Perdita Finn and Clark Strand, who both have been on the show multiple times. I think both of them have been on twice. And they are really remarkable. And they tell the history of the rosary and that it is not a Catholic thing, although the Catholics have adopted it, but it's ancient. And you think about, you you say 10 Hail Mary prayers. Well, where did that originate? 10 fingers, right? You mm. can say 10 Hail Marys on your fingers for the the um, rosary and also the what every time the the Virgin Mary appears, whether it be Lourdes or Fatima or wherever, she always says, "Pray the Rosary." This is the first time I've heard that she asks to for people to pray the Rosary because then she in turn uses that energy. It's almost like she's a storage container for the energy, well, and well, then when sends people it pray out. to her. They said, "Yeah, people when they." send her, they're sending her loving energy. That's what yeah. they said. They said, yeah. well, the prayer creates loving energy. But um, I'm, I'm really grateful to the Catholic Church that they've kept the rosary, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that people know about it. Because that's how I learned about the rosary, because I knew that the Catholic Church, you know, said the rosary. So I'm real grateful. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I think religion is lovely for anyone who does it with a loving heart. Um, you know, actually all my friends are religious and mm -hmm. they had a big impact on me just even having my own beliefs, uh, mm -hmm. even though I'm not, don't consider myself a religious person. But like I said, I believe in mother Mary and all that. And so, yeah. How did you muster the courage to share your story? Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I just kept going. Um, because I'm more of a planning person. So I just kept putting one foot in front of the other with doing the book. And then with my close friends, because I have a, a, a group a group of girlfriends, there's eight of us. And so I had to come out and finally tell these Catholic girls what I've been up to. And uh, so I came out and I told them I'm doing this book. And I remember my one friend saying, well, good luck with that. And she meant it, you know, sincerely. And I said, oh, well, it's done. She goes, what? <laughs> you know, I like, yeah, no, I, I it's, it's done, but um, I have had tremendous support. All these Catholic girls are completely behind me, and uh, I've just been so blessed to have so many people that have just, you know, even my girlfriend who's offered to send over her daughter to help sage me. I mean, she said, you're, you're driving me. She goes, she was just like, totally like, the, she goes, you're killing me here with, you know, I'd be calling and said, oh, you hear this one, you know, and, but she was open to it. She was very open to it. It was really nice that, you know, she, she knew that I wasn't making any of it up. So mm -hmm. Do these spirit guides come to visit you just in random times or do you turn your your energy vibration on and off to high levels to the, to facilitate communicating with them. How do you do that? Well, when I was using the pendulum, it was just very distinct because they would say, this is, you know, this is Norseman. This is Michael. They would announce themselves. They always, always would announce who they were coming through. But now, like I said, because I, um, when I meditate, I'm just communicating to source energy in the collective of loving spirits. So now um, I can feel their energy. 
I mean, the energy is just, uh, and I was told because I remember asking Susie uh, um, Myers when I was in her class, because I started noticing when I would meditate, I'd feel some energy in my hands. And she said, that's probably prana energy. And then I did a session and Archangel Michael told me it was prana energy. And he, he said it was energy from God. So I really don't know anything more about that, but I do feel the sensation of energy when I'm meditating. What's prana energy? Well, Archangel Michael said it's energy from God. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I really haven't looked into it more than that. I probably Whereas, should, though. I think all yeah. energy is from God. Obviously, it's all from source. Yeah, but I, yeah, so I don't know what the distinction is because it's an energy that I'm feeling though in my hands when, um, when I'm meditating, it just, you know, it happens like I'll feel like a calling card of, um, is what they call it when you feel the energy of the spirits around you. Mm -hmm. uh, and that I think I learned in Susie's class, I think I read a book about calling cards and then all of a sudden I started feeling it because it, I was aware of it. And it was funny because at the time, Tanya, another one of your uh, alumni, she was getting the same calling card. She was having the same sensation at the same time and, you know, at the same location on her body. So it was just interesting. But I think, again, it's like, like anything, you have to know about it and then it can happen. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing, you know? but, but back to my question about do they just show up? Do they just give you a sensation in your head? Do they tap you on the back of the shoulder when you're in the vegetable aisle at the grocery store? I mean, or is it something that during meditation or you have to focus on it at this stage after you've done this, focusing. you're focusing. Yeah, but, but there'll be times like if I happen to be like uh, relaxing or something, I'll start to feel slightly the mm -hmm. sensation at my temples and I'm like oh my guides are with me and it's sometimes when it's very strong I've actually gone to feel it because I wanted to feel and then I don't feel it like once my fingers interfere with it I don't feel the energy you know so um so it's yeah. like they're knocking on your head going hey Marlene we need to yeah, talk yeah. to you you know yeah oh, they're there all the time they know every single thing we think I mean they we are so connected yeah. people have no idea. Our lives are such an open book. Yeah. Such Interesting. an open book. I, it was kind of hard to understand. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we we learn and you learned yeah. in my class, you turn it on and off at will. You don't have to do anything special. And and for me, I don't walk around scanning people. I don't drive through, you know, some fast food joint and go, oh, you know, your dead grandmother's standing behind you and she's got a message for you. I I just do normal stuff during the day right. and, you know, in my life. And if I want to communicate with them, all we have to do is think of them. And then they immediately come in. There is a situation, though, where I was at a historic hotel in Dallas called the um, Driscoll Hotel. And I was walking through the hotel and I smelled cigar smoke. And I thought, there is no way this hotel is going to let somebody smoke in smoke. here, let alone yeah. cigars. And so I turned my radar on and I'm a visual learner, but this was a, you know, it was a, a olfactory thing, right? Because I was smelling it. And so I turned my radar on and here's the, the spirit of Colonel Driscoll who built the hotel, oh, wow. you know, just kind of waltzing through 
this room and his whole outfit. And he looked just wow. like the painting of him in the lobby. So that's yes, how I knew who he was. But it was, and then, and then there were other things that transpired as a result of that. But like mm-hmm. you got the thought, I need to go vacuum. I got right. the thought, okay, Ryan, turn on your radar. And how mm. that was communicated to me was smelling cigar smoke in a place where I knew there was no way they were going to allow people to smoke. And I think spirit communicates in a multitude of ways. Yes. But um, it's interesting because this was long before, well, a couple years before I started my experience in 2020. But it's funny when you're talking about cigar smoke, my husband and I, we were coming home from Las Vegas while we're on the plane ready to come home. They said they ran out of de-icing fluid in Chicago. So we had to get off the plane and spend the night, the whole entire plane. Everybody had to get their whole, all their luggage and everything and get off and spend another night in Vegas while your room's gone because you were ready to go home. So I quickly uh, found a room and uh, it was, it was nice for the night just to stay there. But in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, and it was a non smoking room and it was really a big room. And I, all of a sudden I said, smelling this rancid smoke Mm -hmm. and it was just horrible and so then I took my pillow on him you know going back and forth because I was in bed and I told my husband he goes oh someone must be smoking out in the hall I go the door so far I can't believe that the smell would be so strong here you know and you know he and he was just like you know because I just mentioned it so then I go to go back to bed the smell is coming through the pillow Mm. and I'm like Okay, something's going on here. Now I'm turning on the light and I'm like, there's something going on here. The, the, the smell of smoke is coming through this pill. And I didn't know what it was. Well, then I realized that somebody, a, a spirit had to be there. Turns out um, the next day we found out there was a hotel fire in that, um, in that hotel and people were asphyxiated. So then I was like, oh, was the spirit letting me know this is how I passed, you know, and it was the stench of like a fire smell. It was not like, not like a nice, you're outside having a campfire smell. It was a a rancid kind of smell, but it's like, yeah. So they get your attention when they want, but I didn't feel, you know, talking about energy, I didn't feel a bad vibe. I just felt a vibe like someone wanted to tell me their story, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't get, I don't get visions like you, which that would be amazing. To, well, you uh, will, yeah. they'll come in, they'll yeah. come in, but you're a kinesthetic learner. You feel things. Yeah, so I do it's feel. just, it's just the way that you learn and it's all the same. It's all perfect. And mm-hmm. the more you do it, the more all those different senses are going to come in all those different ways that first spirit to communicate with you. Last question. Why do we incarnate? Why do we incarnate? For soul growth. What does that mean? Soul growth. Well, what I was taught is that our souls, um, like I said, when we leave, uh, when we pass, I was taught like you and I will never reincarnate. Who we are as a personality becomes a spirit in our soul. But our soul can choose to reincarnate. And when our soul chooses to reincarnate, what happens is every single experience that your soul has, a part of that, one of each experience becomes a collective to become a new consciousness. And that new consciousness becomes 
the baby that's born, you know, that chooses their, and our lives are chosen, but our lives are also fluid. There's fluidity there that things can change too. But so we learn life lessons and then we choose to come back. But the whole gro- the whole goal is, is to become a loving soul. So it's to be, you know, to make our soul become a loving soul so we can return to source energy. Because if we're carrying any low energy from a past life, and, and they told me I had some lives where I was not very nice, but if that energy's there, we have to remove it. And that's actually something that I was taught how to do and I share in my book. Yeah. 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 We look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. And that's how we, how we progress. All right. Lost Soul, How I Became a Lightworker Medium is Marlene's new book. Marlene, how can people learn more about you and about your work and get the book? Uh, the book will be available on Amazon. And uh, my website is lightworkermedium.com. There's not a lot on there because I never was intending to have a website or to do podcasts or anything, but uh, it's just very important for me to share their messages. So there I, you go. Lightworkermedium.com. And we'll have all of this information in the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to share your journey with us. Thank it's you, been, Julie. It's been such an honor and so much fun to watch oh. this unfold for you in the past several years. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to you and the community. The community was so huge to me. I'm, I'm just so grateful. I have made so many lifelong friends, you know, who would have thought, you know, in your 60s, you'd be able to be making new lifelong friends yeah. all over, you know, all yeah. over the country and across the world, actually. We, right, right. Yeah. And you were at my, you were at my first in-person training. It was the 20th class, but the oh, first yeah, in-person. So much fun. And, yeah. I, and we loved having you there. And it was really fun because you were one of the graduate volunteers that came in to join us. We had a ball, didn't we? It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Terrific. Okay, everybody sending you lots of love from Sweet Home, Alabama. Mwah! And from Thanks Chicago, for too, us. where Marlene is. Be sure is. to follow Julie we'll on see you Instagram next and YouTube at Bye, Ask everybody. Julie Ryan. And like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.